The Lady Rebels have clinched a share of the Mountain West title. They beat Boise State 76-63. They're now 24-2 and 14-0 in the Mountain West. Uh, one more win, and they will clinch the outright Mountain West regular season title. They're going to test our theory. They They're might, test they might get theory. to 18-0. They might do it. They um, might do it. And then if they get upset, they're going to test the theory about how good or bad the Mountain West is considered, and it would not be good. I uh, wonder the women's rankings, I believe, come out today. I wonder if they will sneak into the top 25. I believe last I Monday they, have, they were they were third. Third out. Third receiving votes. Yeah, so, but they were pretty far behind. Yeah. So we'll so, see if they sneak not, into the top 25 um, or if they need to go 28 and 2 to get into yes, the top exactly. 25. Because that might be the case. But 24-2 and two is a pretty ridiculous record. Yes, 15 straight, 14-0 right. in conference. And they are going to be the one seed of the Mountain West Tournament. They're going to need to win three games in three days to win the Mountain West Tournament. And that is the only way they can be sure they'll go to the NCAA yeah. Tournament, regardless of how good their record is. Yeah, it's a good question. New Mexico State has suspended its <laughs> basketball program. They are not going to play the rest of this season. There are two different stories here. If you listen to this show regularly, we did a pretty extensive breakdown on the shooting that happened involving a New Mexico State basketball player earlier in the year. A New Mexico State basketball player shot and killed somebody after he was jumped by New Mexico students. Their suspension of the basketball program has nothing to nope. do with that no. story. New Mexico State has shut down their basketball program because of a police report filed about teammates hazing another teammate on the basketball team. The um, allegations involve false imprisonment mm. and sexual harassment. Yes. Uh, taking place in the locker rooms of both home games and road games. And New Mexico State's administration has basically stepped in and say, this season is done. I, I think their quote from the AD was, the program needs a reset, which sounds like every coach is getting fired. I was going to say, those coaches now in paid administrative lead will soon be just leave. Right. It's going to be just leave. And, yes. and just there leave. might be a lawsuit to get some of that money back. Yes. So New Mexico State not playing basketball the rest of the season, just canceled it mid-season. And... I, I got to say, from an administration standpoint, good for them. I mean, how how many athletic directors across the country would shut down their oh, basketball program? I don't think there's many. Right. I don't think there's many at all. Like a lot of them, if the you know this police report gets filed, hazing, all that, most are playing through it, aren't they? Yeah, they're just maybe suspending specific right. players. Yeah. Might say this player's suspended until an investigation is complete right. or, or hell, might not even do that sometimes. They shut it down. They said, nope, this is too much. We're shutting this down, and they need a reset, according to their own AD. We can't punish all the kids because of the actions of a few bad apples without realizing, yeah, the rest of that that, that idiom is a few bad apples spoils the bunch. Valid question, for sure. Zion Williamson. Here we go again. Re-aggravated his hamstring injury. According to Sham Sharnia, he will miss additional time after the All-Star game. It's just so disappointing because he's so good when he's healthy and he's so fun to watch. And this just happens. It's just chronic with this guy. Uh, he has played 29 games this season, but hasn't played since January 2nd. 
Uh, New Orleans, by the way, currently the seventh seed in the West. They actually had a 10 game losing streak not too long ago that dropped. They were fourth place, dropped yeah. them from fourth down to the play in rounds. But Zion is uh, out for at least a little bit longer. And this feels very much like last year yeah. where he had this foot injury. The Pelicans initially said he'll be back for the start of the regular season. And then he just, he just never, never played every month or so. It was like, yeah, we'll see where it goes. And he seems to have these injuries that are just lingering. Well, Hamstrings. The, obviously. It's always, it's always, especially with his size. Yeah. Obviously, the injury, the amount of injuries he's had is is a problem, but is it? it's almost more concerning that he re-aggravates every injury yes. he has. Like, he gets hurt, and then there's so a time frame to come back. Supposedly heals. But he doesn't. He, he re-aggravates And then he just re-aggravates it by doing almost nothing. And it, it's it's brutal, because I just want to watch the guy dunk. I know. He's like... He's like better That's than I said. It's it's awesome watching. Yeah, he's he's be, like better than prime LeBron at getting to the rim. The guy's just a freight train. Now he's not really good at anything else like LeBron was, but he's just uh, yeah. He's just I'm gonna dunk. You guys can't stop it. And but he's always hurt, so we don't get to see him. Just hey, I'm dunking on this play, guys. I think he was playing against UNLV the other day. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, Derek. Brett Favre is suing Shannon Sharp. And Pat McAfee for defamation. He's also suing the state auditor in the state of Mississippi. Brett Favre, as I assume most people are aware, is involved in a welfare scandal in Mississippi. Uh, some of the accusations against Favre is that he received over a million dollars for public speeches that he never gave. Also, that he redirected $5 million to the Southern Miss Volleyball Program, where his daughter was attending, that was supposed to go into welfare programs. Um, according to the lawsuit... Uh, Pat McAfee is getting sued for defamation because he called Favre a thief and also said he was stealing from poor people in Mississippi. Shannon Sharp defamed Favre by saying he was a sorry mofo to steal from the lowest of the low and that Favre stole money from people that really needed that money. Mm. I'm be surprised if either of them have to pay him anything. So the way defamation lawsuits work against media members for public figures, which Brett right. Favre is, you have to prove that the person who said whatever, whatever bad thing about you, you have to prove that they knew it was false right. when they said it. So very for, hard for Favre to win this. He has to be able to prove that Pat McAfee knew and Shannon Sharp knew that he, that Favre didn't right. take any money right. from this welfare program. That's which why means, I say I don't think they're going to have to pay anything. Which means Favre, A, has to have not taken any money from the welfare right. program. And a. then, B, B, prove that McAfee knew that, which how the hell would McAfee right. know that? He's got a better case against the state auditor of Mississippi because that's somebody who would actually know whether or not Favre took the money or not. But even that case, I highly doubt he wins no. that maybe he's going at a different way he's like no these weren't the poorest people in mississippi i know poor <laughs> and so did you shannon sharp i didn't get like hitting the balls but like i probably should take that one out paul george wants the clippers to sign russell westbrook so Westbrook got traded to the Jazz. Um, has he, he hasn't been bought out yet. Did I miss that? No, but I don't think has he reported. Uh, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing. I, don't think, he's just I think not. he's still deciding how to get by. He hasn't left L.A. yet. No, he's not he, going he hasn't Salt left Lake. his house. <laughs> so I haven't seen that he's been officially bought out. But the, the expectation is 
the Jazz are going to buy him out. And Paul George's quote, uh, he said, I mean, if there's somebody out there, Russell, if it makes sense and obviously it goes with our team, we're all for it. You know, we need a point guard, but you know, at the same time, I think we're good as well. If nothing happened, we got enough in this locker room to be able to make it work. Very much Paul George saying, I want Russell he Westbrook. He wants Russell Westbrook to be the point guard. Yeah. While also being like, but we're still good. I can't. I don't want to disrespect right. my teammates. But he wants Russell Westbrook. Russell Why? Westbrook will never play for the Jazz. No, no. No chance. If you're the Clippers, other than maybe Paul George like being friends with Westbrook, would you really want him on the team? I mean, it's Paul George speaking, and I usually Kawhi's along with Paul George. And Let- if those two want him... Let's get the ball out of Paul George's and Kawhi Leonard's hand <laughs> as much as possible. Like, it's just... The whole conversation with Westbrook for, like, the last two years has been, well, if if you can get him to sort of take a bench roll and if you can rein in his shot selection, there's still some... There's a lot of good basketball in Westbrook. He's not a completely useless player. He's still really good at a lot of things. You just have to reduce his minutes and reduce his shots. And if you can do that, then maybe there's a role for him. Are the Clippers going to be able to do that? Because the it La- doesn't I mean, sound like Paul George thinks that's the role he would play. Right. Yeah. Well, the Lakers, I mean, they got him to the bench, but he was still shooting all the right. time. I mean, hell, in the game, LeBron broke the scoring record. Westbrook was out here like, yeah, I'm getting my shots yeah, up. Exactly. Too, guys. Like, I don't know what he's doing over there, but I'm getting my shots up. I'm yelling at the coach at halftime, too, because he took me out. So I just... I just don't know that, that that's a great fit for the Clippers. But to be fair, I would probably say that about any team that's contending. Is is Westbrook a great right. fit? Probably not at this point. Like, he's probably the great fit is him going somewhere where they're not a true contender and he can get a bunch of minutes and shots and because take as many shots as he wants. Yeah, because you're not really ruining anything. Although I think most of those teams say, well, you're ruining playing time for somebody younger for the future. So, I don't know. Not the greatest fit for somebody that should actually still have some value in the NBA, but doesn't really have a whole lot right now i wasn't here for it did we make lots of jokes about the fact that people were sending five second round picks for things okay you missed this we were in the middle of talking about something nfl super bowl related on the nba trade deadline danny starts writing on the board yes in the middle of our conversation he's up there writing and like when danny starts writing on the board it's normally important it's normally like there's a guest on the line or, hey, we need to do this, right? Normally important. He starts writing on the board. We both get extremely distracted. I'm mid-sentence. Ed is over there trying to read I'm it. I'm trying to read what he's writing. He finishes writing and steps away, and the board says, <laughs> Jay Crowder traded for five second round picks. <laughs> Jay Crowder. <laughs> and he was very excited oh, about he it, was. Too. He was very excited that he actually... Saw that news come across Twitter, and he was able to relay to us by writing on the board about Jay Crowder. <laughs> and he, day, and the, he wouldn't back off by the he wouldn't back off in the theory that he was at, that it was actually important. Right. That day, he wrote two things on the board: Mark Slareth is on the phone now, <laughs> and Jay Crowder <laughs> traded for five <laughs> second round picks. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to make jokes at the fact that the negotiation went. Mm, four? I, I just don't think that that's going to work. <laughs> All right, what if we make it five? Oh, five? Five second-round picks? Our G League team is a little empty. Mama didn't raise no uh, wuss. All right, this happened in soccer over the weekend. Brentford 
scored a goal to tie a game 1-1. The goal was then checked by VAR for offsides. The goal was allowed, so they deemed that the play was onside. Everything was good to go. After the game, the uh, head of the refs uh, union, whatever they call it over there, said that the VAR ref, the guy who's in the booth looking at the monitors to make the call for offsides when they check it, forgot to draw the lines on the replay to show if the player was offside or not. That's not usually uh, a good thing. When it goes to an offside review, they have the technology to, to draw put the lines, lines right. on the put field, the lines on this field. to show yes. you yes. was the player offside yeah. or not. That's usually how it works on the video. And he forgot to do his only job. <laughs> That is the only thing he had to do. And he was like, nah, I'll just eyeball this one, guys. <laughs> what? It's the American's first day, and he's just like, offside. What is <laughs> I've been doing NFL replay. Here's I the just... best part. This, this referee is an old referee who now just does the VAR side. He was already suspended earlier this season for blowing a VAR review. This guy was. He's you already been suspended and once. TV, right? And he still he got suspended like the second week of the season or something. And he's still doing it and just ah draw forgot the to lines. draw the lines. Nah, I'll just eyeball it. Just it's it's the one job you have. Just draw the lines. It'll tell you if it's offside or not. You don't have to eyeball it. Any forgot. So did they go it. back and uh, confirm it? Just even after the game, did they confirm it at oh, all? Oh, yeah. They went back and said, oh, yeah, he messed it up. That should not have been okay. a goal. That should not have counted. But it did. And the game ended 1-1, and it should have not counted. Coming up next, Kevin Bollinger joins the show. I'm definitely going to uh, cry in the car on this one because this one, uh, this one stung because we can we can taste it. We, we felt it. And we know we all we needed was one. We just couldn't make that play. And, um, you know, like I said, I take my hat off to Kansas City because they, they made the play, man. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. You think Kevin Bollinger's on the air right now? Uh, <laughs> he might be going live on Fox. I hope he is. We're trying to call him, and I hope he's live on the air instead. He's and like, his phone continues to ring? Who are these idiots? Trying to call me right now while I'm talking on TV. That's what I hope is happening. Jared's going to try to get Kevin on the phone. Uh, he, he said his live shots were top and bottom of each hour. Okay. All right. So we should have a or, nine minute window here to, yeah, to talk to Kevin. Was, uh, 15 and 840, uh, 15 yeah. to 45 were okay. Um, I didn't even get to finish all of the soccer referee screw ups because there was another Premier League game where they were doing the offside review. And they drew the lines, but they drew it on the wrong player. They drew the lines? They drew the lines, but on the wrong player. <laughs> What's happening with that sport? And got another call wrong. I don't know. It's, Where was that done? Uh, that was in a Crystal Palace uh, who played Brighton game. And they took a goal away from uh, Brighton because they drew the lines and said, oh, he's offside. When if they had drawn it on the right player, it would have been onside and would have been a good goal. So that had the same day that happened on the same day. One guy forgot the lines. The other guy drew it on the wrong people. Just complete incompetence. All right. Joining us now live from Arizona from Fox five, Kevin Bollinger. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, Kevin how are, how are you? you? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Uh, how, how early were you up this morning? How long have you been on the air? Uh, was uh, on the air 
live for the first time at five this morning. Uh, so uh, we squeezed in about 90 minutes of sleep. So we actually got more than the Chiefs did, I'm sure. I'm sure they, uh, they're still partying over at the team hotel. Yeah, poor Patrick Mahomes had to do a press conference this morning because he won the MVP. You know, I never understood why they have the MVP press conference at 8.30 the morning after the Super Bowl <laughs> uh, when they know that nobody's going to sleep and that they're, they're going to be partying all night. But, uh, you know, uh, go figure. They, I guess they got to get on the plane and get back to Kansas City eventually. So the torch has been passed. I know you were there this morning. The football uh, acting as the torch passed to Las Vegas. Um, how was Arizona? Uh, Jared's going to tell us what he thought at 8.45, but how do you think they staged the Super Bowl? You know, I think I think they did a good job. It's going to be totally different than Las Vegas just because the footprint is so different. It's so spread out here in Arizona with the game in Glendale and then activities in downtown Phoenix and then Scottsdale and Tempe. Where in Vegas, it's going to be in a real condensed area around the Strip and, and, and uh, Leach Stadium. So uh, I think from that standpoint, it's, it's going to be a, a better atmosphere in Vegas because everybody's going to be right on top of each other, uh, which is going to kind of add to it. And and one thing that I noticed uh, that will be different in Vegas as well is things shut down here. And, and so people were looking to go, go get a drink after the game last night or go get something to eat. And in downtown Phoenix, everything was shut down. Uh, we aren't going to have that problem in Las Vegas. So uh, that, that's one thing that I think is going to separate our city from everything else is, is uh, the 24-7 town aspect of it. Because when people come in from out of town to enjoy a Super Bowl, uh, they're gonna, you know, go full throttle and and want to do things uh, late into the night. Did you notice the field being choppy or bad? However, the players wanted to describe it. Did you notice that watching the game? Well, you could see uh, the slippage, obviously, that everybody saw on TV, and and we were actually keeping a close eye on the field because we saw what that field looked like during the college football playoff. It didn't, the turf didn't look good then, um, and and. Phoenix uh, traditionally has had some some rough uh, turfs over over the years, so uh, you can see the slippage. But it didn't look, at least from where my vantage point was, uh, you know that that there were that, that it was bad turf. It was just more that whether they painted it to make it look better aesthetically, and that's what they were kind of getting some some slipping on or or what. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know a lot of the players commented on the fact that they were switching out their cleats, going to longer cleats to try and get some type of grip. Were you disappointed that it ultimately came down to a penalty call? <laughs> you, the, the way that there have been so many controversial calls at the NFL this year, it, it, it almost was fitting, wasn't it? That the Super Bowl came down to a to a you know controversial call, and then a pool report with Carl Sheffers saying. You know, it was the right call. Well, of course, it was. They were going to say it was going to be the right call. So, uh, letter of the law was it holding? Yeah, but should it decide the Super Bowl in a tie game with under two minutes to go? No, I mean you, you got to let them play at some point. Kevin Bollinger here with us from Fox Five. Uh, all right, um, you also cover the Raiders, and just wanted to ask you this: Are you surprised Derek Carr said no? I'm not taking any trades. I am not surprised at all. I think that. Uh, uh, everybody saw that coming, and unless it was a situation uh, where where everything checked all of the boxes for him uh, and his family, so financially, football wise, location wise, uh, he was he wasn't going to do it. So uh, it had to be the perfect scenario because now, you know, we've talked about the fact that he controlled everything anyway with the no trade clause, and now he truly controls everything. 
and and that includes the, the money aspect now. So it'll be interesting to see on the free agent market, uh, you know, where his his money lies compared to what the guarantee was going to be uh, with the Raiders contract. But uh, I think that uh, once once everything happened the way it did after that Christmas Eve game in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he knew that he was in control of the situation, that it was going to have to be a perfect case scenario for him to agree to waive the, the, the no-trade clause. Are you back live uh, on Fox 5 in like four minutes? Uh, I am coming up uh, soon, but not, uh, I think, until the, the top of the hour ah, okay. Uh, okay. is the next one. They just unveiled this uh, massive football right outside the convention center in downtown Phoenix that has the new Las Vegas Super Bowl logo uh, on there, and it is on a flatbed truck, and it is going to make its way uh, from Phoenix to Las Vegas now, making stops along the way, and then I believe it's going to be uh, positioned outside Allegiant Stadium. So they just did that uh, big unveiling just a few minutes ago, and uh, so that'll be the next thing to look for, and probably the first uh, official, if you will, uh, you know, symbol of Las Vegas hosting the Super Bowl next year that will be showing up in town later today. Will it be nice to have six hours to repack before you go to Daytona? <laughs> it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, yeah, the quick change and, uh, at McCarran uh, early tomorrow morning and, and switching gears, no pun intended, to NASCAR. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll squeeze in a little bit of uh, more sleep than 90 minutes. But eventually, uh, eventually we'll get a good night's sleep in there. But why, why sleep? There's too much fun stuff going on right now. You're coming back? to vegas today and then you're on a flight tomorrow to daytona yep get back to vegas tonight and then i'll be at uh, mccarran about uh, 3 30 or 4 in the morning to, uh, oh and i'm going to start uh doing oh. interviews for our big nascar special with nascars uh in las vegas uh the first weekend of march not even a normal flight time you said 3 30 in the morning you're going to be there <laughs> now our flights i think a little after five so we'll be there at 3 30 oh, in the morning man. and uh uh you know it's it, it is what it is when you're trying to go west coast to east coast, and and the big media day event for Daytona is on Wednesday, but it starts at like 7:30 in the morning Eastern time. So we need to make sure that we uh, get back there and, and uh, be ready to rock and roll, so we could do that all, all day on Wednesday and start getting people ready for for the Great American Race on Sunday. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to be getting a lot of great stuff for for our Speedway Saturday Night Special we do every year at NASCAR Weekend in Vegas. All right, Kevin, uh, good luck to you. Sounds like a fun 24 hours you got ahead of you. Hey, just keep the caffeine rolling, keep the sports coming, <laughs> and uh, we're all good. He's Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5. Thanks, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Oh, that's a rough turnaround. Well, that's a, I mean, you, you have to be there for the Wednesday media day, but there's not a flight after 5 a.m.? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that. I know you're going west. I know you're going east, but man, I prefer to fly early in the morning like that type of flight. But I don't think I'd do that if I was just getting back into town the day before. After a week away. A- and after sleeping for a whole 90 right. minutes after the Super Bowl. So you could do live shots all day. Yeah, before waking up to do an early live shot. That's a tough schedule for Kevin. That's hard. That's yeah. a hard one. But it'll be in Daytona. Cover the Daytona 500. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Mike Pritchard joins the show. A lot of us did change cleats and uh, seemed to work a little bit better. Definitely not the reason we lost the game or anything, though. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
Joining us now is Mike Pritchard. You can hear him on VSEN. You can also follow him on Twitter at MI Pritchard. Good morning, Mike. How Hi, are Mike. you? Uh, good morning, fellas. Great to be with you. I'm great. I'm great. My voice, uh, I'm, my voice is hanging in there. Uh, but uh, it's been used a lot uh, the last week and a half. All right. We won't keep you too long, so you can uh, rest your voice up a little bit. But um, big picture for teams in the AFC West, like the Raiders and the Broncos, what is it going to take for the Kansas City Chiefs to not be great while Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback? What is it going to take? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, other than, you know, time uh, and, you know, things change over time. You know, coaches leave, players leave, players get older. Um, but as long as Patrick Mahomes is playing like he's playing, I, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility that we see him do what Tom Brady did within his division. Uh, for two decades. I mean, this guy is just on a different level, and he's getting better, Tyler. I mean, the guy, he, he's getting better, and, and it's incredible to witness, man. It is, it, he's a fierce competitor. Uh, it, the drive in him is, is similar to what we saw uh, with Brady uh, in that drive, you know, and I don't know where these guys get it from, man, but they find a way to motivate themselves to another level each and every year. In that sense, Mike, should he also be considered, should he already be considered, on the realm of being the greatest ever eventually? I mean, he's on that path. Ed. I, I, I wouldn't put him there yet. Uh, he's on that path. I mean, I, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer already. I mean, what, in six years, he's got two Super Bowl MVPs and two MVP season MVPs? Yep. Something like that, yeah. And then two Super Bowl championships. I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, done a lot more than, you know, other quarterbacks have done already, you know, in six years. And every year he's been in the conference championship, man, and that's unheard of. It really is. And they can tweak the roster. Uh, they inked him to that deal in which they have all kind of, uh, uh, you know, you can you know move within that salary cap and uh, all kind of room to be creative uh, with the cap and, um, it's just it's just a tremendous situation uh, that that organization has created, all because they identified uh, this type of player uh, in the draft. So, if you're the Raiders or the Broncos, and you're looking at Patrick Mahomes and your division probably playing this well for a decade or longer, is the main goal for those two teams to we got to find our franchise quarterback? Like, obviously, the Broncos tried with Russell Wilson, didn't work very well. But, like, is that the only way you end up competing with Mahomes and the Chiefs for another decade? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to hide that quarterback. And I think the Raiders, uh, a few years ago, I was talking to uh, a former GM in the National Football League, well-respected. Um, and then you think about scouts, too. Um, the Raiders were actually entertaining Justin Herbert. Uh, and I said this when I was with Clay on Raider Nation Radio that the Raiders might re regret not drafting or not having the chance to go after Justin Herbert. They had two first rounders that year, uh, and we know what happened to those two first rounders. Hell, they <laughs> any first rounder lately <laughs> for the Raiders has not been good. So you gotta, you have to have the willingness to upgrade each and every position, each and every year. Uh, and if you look at the blueprint for the Chiefs, that's what they did. They had Alex Smith. Um, but there was a chance to upgrade that position and go after Patrick Mahomes, and he was perfect for what the, the Chiefs uh, wanted to do offensively. Uh, and now that they have him, I mean, they can be ready for the Super Bowl each and every year just because of that one player. So, yeah, I think it's imperative for each and every organization or franchise to, to identify that type of quarterback if they can, if, they, if that quarterback's available, uh, and certainly be in the market uh, to, and have the willingness to, to do that as well. 
in that sense, what about Aaron Rodgers for that team? Well, that sounds logical. It does, but I don't know if they can pull it off, though. I mean, uh, we don't know what the price tag would be uh, with the Packers. I think the Packers are tired of A.A. Ron. Uh, and his darkness, uh, who, <laughs> who knows what that man's going to be like after this darkness uh, <laughs> retreat too, right? Uh, but no, he, he, from a talent standpoint, and you know, also too, I just talked about what drives legendary players. They find that motivation. They find that next level. I think Aaron Rodgers is bored in, in, in Green Bay. I don't think he has any interest there. So there's no motivation, right? I think in a new situation, learning a new offense, playing with Devontae Adams again, there would be a drive and an initiative for a player like that. Uh, And therefore, you could probably get the best uh, of Aaron Rodgers, even though he's advanced in his age. Um, I think for a good two to three years, you can get on a run uh, with a legendary Hall of Fame quarterback. And and I think that's a recipe that certainly has worked in the National Football League. Uh, Watching the game last night, how uh, how much did it stand out to you how bad the field was? Oh, it was atrocious, man. It was, I don't know how they even competed on it, to be honest with you. I mean, you can't, you, you, you have to change your shoes that many times just to feel confident out there. That, that was pitiful, man. I mean, I, I know it, we're, we're going to face it next year, right? The scrutiny because of the whole outdoor field that you roll indoors and all that. But uh, if anything, the league needs to learn from it and get it right for the Super Bowl that's going to be here in Vegas next year. So, uh, no, you can't play on surfaces like that. I mean, that, that was that was horrible. What did you think of the call, and did you want it to end that way? Well, you know, the call, they, they could have made a call earlier in the game that they didn't uh, on Juju on a crossing route on Bradbury who grabbed him. Uh, so I, I think that back judge filed that one away because he missed it. Um, it was, I, I believe it was early second half, or it might have been in the first half, but Juju was on a crossing route, similar kind of situation. Uh, and... Bradbury grabbed him and twisted him, and it was incomplete. Uh, so fast forward to that play you're talking about. I mean, it's ticky-tack. You would love to see the fellows be able to uh, determine the outcome. But, man, you, those, those officials, they, they file things away on calls that they missed. And, and I can almost guarantee that's what happened. Uh, he missed that call. And then not to suggest that it was a makeup call, but he saw some – so the slightest pull, the slightest hold, he, or, or interference. I mean, he could have called illegal contact, too, which that was supposed to be a point of emphasis, but we didn't really see it play out that way this year. So uh, I, I'm not mad at it. I, I'm just mad at the fact that it happened when it happened. Uh, James Bradbury, after the game, basically said that, yeah, I, I held his jersey. I was thinking I could get away with it or they'd let it go. Yeah. How often do you think players uh, basically say, yeah, I'm going to commit a penalty here and just hope they let it slide? Man, those DBs hold each and every play. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's in their nature to hold and to grab uh, and to disrupt. But, no, I, you know, I, I love the honesty. Um, I, I think that the tape's not going to lie, right? But I think as fans, as we're watching it, do we want something like that to decide the game? See, to me, it's all about the moment. Like, if, like earlier in the game when it happened, Nobody's up in arms about it. Like, oh, that that didn't that ruined the outcome. That ruined the game. They ruined the ending. But the fact that it was at the ending and it was so impactful, that's why a lot of people are upset with it. I think. But it happens each and every play uh, in terms of holding and grabbing and and fighting and all of this stuff. But it's just when it's called, man. And, and I think that's why uh, that's the drama of it. Uh, I, I think the NFL will tell you 
that we love that outcome. We love the fact that there's drama. We love the fact that for the next six months, people are going to be talking about our game that way. Did you think Jalen Hurts played about as well as he could for a guy who lost? Outside of the fumble, Ed. I mean, that guy set records, man. He, um, the Chiefs took away the running game. Uh, I mean, they took it away to where it was frustrating. I, I think I think the Eagles panicked a little bit in the fourth quarter, getting away from it. There was one sequence, and it was third and two, uh, and they went deep, uh, or they tried some type of uh, take-a-shot play in their own territory. If they would have got the first down right there, uh, I think they drive down the field, take more time off the clock. They punted the ball away, uh, and the Chiefs returned that punt and set up that other score. Uh, so I thought the, I thought the Eagles panicked a little bit, but other than that, and the fumble, I mean, I, I think Jalen w- w- was flawless. Really, I mean, um, I put out on Twitter that who's the best quarterback in the NFC right now? You know, you got Brady retired. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get moved from uh, the NFC. Uh, so you got Dak, but then I mean, I, I don't know who else is the best quarterback. Matthew Stafford, he's going to be coming back off, off injury, so. Uh, Jalen Hurts has is, is got to be right there at the top of the list as well. Somehow it's going to be Derek Carr next year, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I don't know if he's even <laughs> going to be the best one, though. <laughs> he might be in that conference. Uh, Carolina's looking like a good spot for him, but uh, I don't know if he's going to elevate an average roster because he didn't do that here for a number of years. So uh, a different location, um, I don't know if he's going to be able to elevate uh, an average roster, like I just said. So, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity because I think the Raiders are going to release him. All right, Pritch, before we let you go, uh, give us a number here. How many wins does Deion Sanders get at Colorado this season? Bowl game, baby. Over, <laughs> over five and a half. I mean, I'm going to put out six. It's a tough schedule. It really is. But the type of players he's getting, man, and yeah. our spring game is sold out. And we haven't sold out a spring game since I was there. And we're talking late 80s. (laughs) So uh, the fact that our spring game is sold out, that's going to be on TV. Uh, Everybody's going to be able to watch it. So, uh, yeah, man, I think think, uh, the expectations are a bowl game this year. Well, he is Mike Pritchard again. Hear him on VEASAN. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at M.I. Pritchard. Pritch, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Appreciate you. So there is Mike Pritchard, former Colorado. Buffalo. Uh, that's why he's very excited about Deion Sanders. Yeah, very excited. Yeah. He's sold out already. Well, that doesn't surprise you. It's Deion Sanders. I know. It's, better sell you, it out. Gonna, that's going to be a huge, huge ticket there for a team that hasn't been any good. If your team hires Deion Sanders, even if you like don't think it's going to work, even if you were like, ah, this guy's probably not going to work, you're still showing up. Yes. You're still excited. Yeah. yeah. You're like, because if it does work, oh. Yeah, Sanders is yeah. going to be the most popular guy in the country. He's probably going to leave Colorado if it works yes. too well. But you're like, we're going to be really popular for two years. They they can be bad and they'll still be really popular yeah. because Deion Sanders. Oh, is they'll be, be on TV all the time. Yeah, all the time because it's Deion. All right, coming up next year on ESPN Las Vegas, Jared's going to tell us some stories. Sipos will punt, end over end, shorter punt. And Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline, at the 30. He's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in plays down to the five-yard line. Tony ran out of gas on a 65-yard punt return. Kadarius Tony, who had the last touchdown, is the deep man on the punt. Zippus gets it away. It is a wobbler. 
Tony takes it at the 30, heads to the sideline, cuts back. That was racing across the field. He's got a He's wall. got a convoy and getting pushed out, trying to get him. He is running down the sideline, and he is finally thrown out of bounds by the Kobe team. DeBosch will punt and sends it down the middle looking into the whites. It was retrieved at the 30-yard line by Kadarius Tony. He dances and breaks the tackle. Runs laterally on the 35. Blockers ahead the near side 40. Blocker at the 50 on the near sideline the 40. Getting a block at the 30 down the near sideline the 20. He gets another block at the 10. He spins to the 5. This kid's electric. All gas, no break. Down to the 5. The defense gets their first three and out. Just the second punt of the day for Philadelphia. Here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going and he's down to the five. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Darius Tony had a wall. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's everyone agreed. Wall. There was a wall. Uh, last week, you gotta block the putter. They do. <laughs> <laughs> last week, Jared was in Arizona uh, working Radio Row for us. If you missed the start of the show, he brought back a present and he gave me luxury hand lotion I, from a company called Tyler Candle Company. I genuinely thought it was a candle. I thought there were candles in this box too, but it's luxury hand lotion, uh, which is exciting i guess but you told us uh in a break earlier that you had maybe multiple stories for us but you said something about breaking a table okay and this is i think where what i'm most interested in hearing so uh, all right so last year when we went to la i broke a glass because like a, I, like a cup yes okay. uh, uh, a drinking glass yes. i broke it at the airbnb that we were staying at uh, if I recall correctly, it was because I was sleeping on a couch in the living room and our boss, Q Myers, does a podcast each morning and he was set up in the living room. So I'm sound asleep. It's 5 a.m. And suddenly, welcome in to the, and I go, ah! <laughs> and I kick an ottoman and knock over a glass and shatter it. This year, I'm sleeping on a couch in the Airbnb. I think we're noticing a theme. And I have a, I, I don't know if it's an Afghan or something on top of me, but it's pitch black. It's in a historic house. Like the house has a plaque out front that says historic. This is Rose blah, blah, blah's house. And I basically trip on this, like trying to get up to use the restroom. I get one foot out fine off the couch. The other foot is staying in the Afghan. <laughs> and so I fall and I hear... And I go, oh, God, look around. I, I can't find what's broken. All right, go to the bathroom. Look around, come out, look around again. All right, that must have just been weird. Go to sleep. Next morning, tire tables just shattered. <laughs> the whole table? Was it a glass table? Yes. My backpack, there's <laughs> genuinely, there is now a, there is a hole in my laptop. And you could just see the point where my, like, I kicked the table and suddenly my backpack must have turned into a, like, hammer. Like, the laptop in my backpack, the corner of it, like, pieces were falling out of my laptop whenever I pulled it out. 
It somehow pieces of glass. No pieces of the laptop. So oh, like somehow the corner my of my lap, laptop in my backpack that was on this table turned into like a pin that when I kicked the table was like, all right, that's all we needed. Let's shatter this thing at this historical monument. Oh, how much was shattered? How much glass was everywhere? Well, no, that was the other part. That like the glass stayed the conveniently glass stayed, just, on it top. Was... It's just like we we're gonna need to replace that glass. So uh, for the second year in the row, I have cost the company money <laughs> on a uh, <laughs> on a broken glass on uh, ta- taking me places. So yeah, I'm a. Uh, I don't. I, I I hope I make up for it, but <laughs> um, don't let me sleep on a couch. <laughs> Well, the Super at an Bowl, Airbnb the Super Bowl during the here. Super. No, next, next year, year you, if so you, you shatter in something, it's going to be at your own place. You can break your own glass. If I break my own, if I break a glass table or anything glass, it's yours at next my year. own apartment next year. Then it's just the Super Bowl. This happens. Um, do in the future? Do you need to be put into an Airbnb that has just like a nice, soft, padded wall bedroom? I, I think like it, there's just a mattress and just like some padded walls, and that's all you got in there. I think what I need for the Airbnb is uh, if there are any like shut down prisons where like <laughs> the toilet is bolted down, the bed is bolted down, and it's just like a little room. There's nothing on the walls. There's no ambiance. It's you sleep here, you wake up here. There's a shower, <laughs> like. I don't need the ambiance and, oh, this is beautiful and there's a lemon tree out front. What I need is, okay, j- j- just like a cot. Have you seen the guy who lives in an old high school? I think I, is, was did, it on TikTok? Yeah, he made a bunch of TikTok videos. He <laughs> bought, I don't know how he acquired it. He bought an old abandoned high school and turned it into his house. Where is this? I couldn't tell you i'm gonna guess midwest sounds like a midwest thing to do but yeah he just he bought a school that was no longer being used and like converted some classrooms into actual bedrooms and like an office and like a game room and all that but he lives at this school and you know uses the bathroom as he sort of styled it up a little bit so it looks more like a home personal bathroom not a high school bathroom shower yeah shower in the gym yeah there's a gym there's, there's like 20 of them yeah yeah and yeah, he's got a basketball court in his house, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But he lives in this school. How do you buy one of those? I don't know. I can't remember what the details were on that. But yeah, he bought or somehow acquired an old school and decided, I'm going to live here. I had a friend who was no tra- problem with parking. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I had a friend who was trying to get me to invest in a. Uh, an abandoned church that had a basketball court. And he was like, we could divide it up into like apartments. And I'm like, I don't think that that's like, anyone's going to be like, yeah, I live, I live over by the church. Well, in the church. (laughs) But the one thing was most people replying to that video were like, that'd be kind of creepy. You're just in this giant school by yourself.